Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Welcome to the podcast, Father Michael O'Loughlin. Father John Nepple, good to be with you, working on our fourth cup of coffee. This yeah. Here oh, we go. Shoot, I forgot my computer. <laughs> One second. Say okay, something funny. I'll talk. So yeah. I'm, uh, anyways, I'm looking at um, these uh, new glasses for the first time. These Catholic stuff. I know we've mentioned them before. Beautiful. These beautiful. are beautiful. Yeah. They are absolutely beautiful. And they look lovely on top of these uh, dinosaur <laughs> coasters, which go, I think I, these go back a couple of years, but these might be Father Nathan's most beloved yeah. of, of all the gifts we've received. So Yeah, I, I think the glasses are my beloved, but I'm, I'm so late in the game. Like, we have the loon stuff, the loon lamp, the loon clock around us, and I wasn't here for any of that. So That's right. Well, we tell Goebel, loon, the loon theme, that was like so 2015. <laughs> so come on, man, you got to get with it. So. Although somebody, uh, somebody did post just on Facebook the other day, um, oh, what was it? It was something with the loon. Oh, somebody asked, like, what, what the heck is a loon? And it was, it was somebody else's page. I think someone did a whole podcast on loons or something like right. that. And so they just posted, they tagged us, Catholic stuff. I got to check it out. I'm, I'm forgetting what it is. But I know we don't have a lot of time, but I'd like to make a quick disclaimer. You know, I, I think that uh, people listen to this podcast, they might be a little confused about um, our usage of substances, namely uh, caffeine and bourbon. Right. And after listening to Father Nathan sing Go Make a Difference, <laughs> I would just like to make a public statement that there are no, we do not promote, you know, no. the eating of shrooms or the taking of cocaine, um, which, you know, just listening to him last time you might have thought these guys might be really open minded. So just to qualify that, we are not yeah. into psychedelic or hallucinogenics in any way. So Absolutely not. Absolutely he's just not. pure Father Nathan Goble. Exactly. He's he's got a high all his own. Exactly. As most of you can probably perceive at this point. Um, so anyway, what, one of the one of the last ones we did, uh, Father Nathan and I, was the uh, Joan of Arc, and um, actually that was the first of two. So he did the Joan of Arc, and the second one was the Sunday prep and propel. That was one where he was singing the whole time. Um, right, so anyway, right. um, if I had known, I would have done my parish name when he did Joan of Arc. But as you know, we don't tell each other really what we're exactly. doing beforehand. Yeah. So anyway, so I was inspired by his uh, talk on Joan of Arc to do a quick reference to my parish, um, Holy Protection of the Mother of God, um, which is my parish here in Denver. So a quick story to begin with. Um, I know I've shared this on the podcast before, I believe on my vocation story, but one of the beautiful things about my mother was that she's she's so pure and just so innocent that when I was when I was a kid and I was going through the whole tsunami ninja phase and like just trying to be a vigilante and all the crazy things I was right. all the trouble I was getting in and all the danger I was putting myself in right. just because of the the place I lived and the place where I would go and you know sneak out in the middle of the night and and go get in trouble you know it was, and I, it really was a danger where like if I had kids right now and I had any idea they're doing anything close to what I would be doing when I was you know 12 13 years old Oh my gosh, I'd yeah. be I'd be horribly anxious all the right. time about them. But um, my mother, when I finally went off to college, I sat her down and I just told her everything I did. I was like, "Mom, I'm, I'm you know, college is a clean slate. I am I know my record has been clean since I turned 18, my criminal record. But like, I, there's this clean slate, and I want to have a clean slate with you. So I sat down and I just shared with her all the different things I'd gotten and how I was been killed a couple times, and, and you know, just went through every story of everything I'd ever done. And she said at the end. She first said, have you been to confession? It was the first yeah, thing she yeah. said, and I said yes. And then she said, um, second of all, she says, I hope you you appreciate what the Theotokos, what the mother of God, what Mary has done for you. She, uh -huh. has, she has been protecting you this uh -huh. entire time. And she said, I hope you've been appreciative enough. And that uh -huh. was convicting because confession, okay, I went to confession, but 
you know, being appreciative for the care and the concern. She was, my mom was pretty much saying, I'm your mother. I could not take care of you during those times. I didn't even know you were doing those stupid things. But the mother of God was obviously very aware. She was obviously caring for you. So she said, make sure you, you're appreciative to the mother of God for what she's done for you in protecting you. Well, of course, I went through college maintaining this protection from the mother of God. I went through seminary. And then my first assignment, my current assignment is the holy protection of the mother of God. And so mm-hmm. I just thought, my mom obviously had no idea. I had no idea. I didn't even know I was going to be preached at that point. You know, there was, so there's this real, obviously, uh, you know, a sense of humor, but a beautiful um, understanding of, of the care and the concern the mother of God has had in my life. And I think when we understand that, especially mothers, my mom will say that she surrendered her motherhood the moment she found out that we were in her womb, the moment she found out that there was a life growing up in her. She said, I surrender my motherhood to the mother of God. Wow. It was very much like, I, I cannot care for this child as much as I want to. But so I surrendered the care for 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 the most part to the mother of God. It was a consecration. It was a surrender. It was just this beautiful awareness of her role and the role of the gift of the mother of God in her life. So, quick question on that. So, sure. I'm just curious, kind of where do you? Because the the phrase is is a little foreign to us, you know, in the West here, and uh, but it's it's very interesting. So, like, is that a comp? Was that a particular devotion that your mom had, or is that just kind of like? Kind of part of the 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 spirituality that you grow up with the this this sense of the protection yeah. Mary as a protector yeah. and the consecrating of children was it yeah. was it particular or a kind of a more normal thing you know I don't know because my mom like she didn't really share that with me the the one time she shared it with me then just kind of I think because she realized that I I had put myself in so much danger just the idea of protection came to her but the idea of of her consecrating us when we were when we were first born I think was just her it was I think it was her own language it mm. was, it was a real it was an act of humility kind of to say you know especially when once my baby's born I no longer have full control over them I have for 9 months I can protect this child cuz they're inside my body I can protect this child with everything that I am I can be a mama bear I can fight you know I I can protect it but but as soon as the baby's out of my womb and especially when they get old enough to leave and I think my mom just kind of went through this whole process especially with me her firstborn and as I've said before that's why she named me Michael too is because she wanted the strongest angel you know the the archangel protecting me as well so I think it was just a very motherly act mm-hmm. and it was a, a a humility in saying I cannot be as motherly as I want to be and that just came in it I mean again Albuquerque is a crazy place to grow up to I think she knew just kind of the atmosphere we'd be and we we were quite poor so it wasn't there wasn't much protection you know and so there was very I think it just kind of flowed from her piety you mm-hmm. know and, and that that she desired that but I do tell people now and I want to put it as part of my marriage prep program at the parish like you know the moment you find out you're pregnant like consecrate surrender call upon the intercession of the mother of God then whatever the saints you understand you want to name your child um, because that is something that offered to us so um so the but the name holy protection mother of God my mom did this before we even knew that was a title or knew that was a term um now what I did though I did look up there is a Roman Catholic um image called the uh, Virgin of Mercy mm. and it looks a lot like the holy protection mother of God I don't I don't know which came first but the Virgin of Mercy the the weird thing was that when I when I typed in Virgin of Mercy into my research, it like like Google gives you suggested words to kind of add to the search, Uh-oh. and one of the suggested words was Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Virgin of Mercy. Do you mean Beyonce? That like, is. What? Yeah, that would have been the third one I would have thought of. Uh, oh, that's embarrassing. 
<laughs> so anyway, it was like it was like and there were other things suggested, like children, and for some reason James, like the the uh, the epistle of James or something like that. So anyway, um, but uh, so that this is kind of a shared image. But even in that image, the Virgin of Mercy, it shows this whether it's a statue or a, a painting, it shows Mary holding her veil over a bunch of people who are kind of gathered underneath it. Hmm. Um, so the same thing is so the the term the title Holy Protection of the Mother of God, or in uh, in Slavonic it's just Pokrov, which just means protection. Or in Greek, um, skepi, which means protection too. But both in the Greek and the Slavonic, that word pokrov or skepi that means protection also implies protection either from a veil or a cloak or a shroud or something. So mm-hmm. there's a there's the image here. I mean, I think it's very similar to, to Matthew and Luke, Matthew 23 and Luke 13, um, where Jesus is mourning over the city of Jerusalem. And he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together like a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you are not willing. So there, the, when we think of protection, I mean, imagine imagine being in a really anxious situation. Imagine being attacked, you know, and, and what what's the image that you, when you're being attacked and you're the victim of something what's the image you want to have of being protected and i think they're kind of the the clothing of the mother or the wings of a hen you know jesus compares there's something about drawing you close and and protecting you with 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 a garment or with a wing or something like that that's that i imagine if you're if you're afraid you're going to die you know you're kind of looking for some sort of a shield in that way and that's what that way protection or a cloak or shroud means means the same thing mm-hmm. so but the title that, that we have, the feast, the feast of the Holy Protection of the Mother of God is on October 1st. And then the, uh, and the, the feast comes from an event, a real event um, in the year 9-11, an easy year to remember. Um, the, the, at that time, the Slavs were barbarians. And they actually had their conversion shortly after with Vladimir. But, but the Slavs were barbarians, and they were attacking Constantinople. And... Um, in the attack, when they were attacking, the people gathered in one church of Lacherne. I've actually been there. There's a well there. It's this beautiful, beautiful new, newer church, but mm-hmm. uh, in 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 now Istanbul. And what happened was, is the people were gathered there, and while the city was being attacked by these Slav barbarians, they they were gathered in the church and they were praying to the Mother of God because they had that exact same feeling. Mm. the The idea of of a mother. Quick side note. Um, I think there's something beautiful about the, we just celebrated the remission and the assumption of the mother of God. Like there's something beautiful about the fact that God desired his mother and our mother desired her body to be in heaven. I mean, the whole point of the assumption was that her her body was a temple and it was supposed to remain pure. It was not supposed to be corrupted. So she brought that temple to heaven so that it remained incorrupt forever from her conception up up until her, her assumption in heaven. So, but there's something beautiful about how how dependent we are upon our mother's bodies. We grow inside of our mother's bodies. We're comforted by our mother's bodies. There's something about the physical nature of a mother right. when we're young that is so important. And God said, waiting for you in heaven is your mother and she has a body. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just this, you know, your soul will be there, but it'll be comforted by the by the mother's body. Right, right. Something beautiful about that. So um so anyway, when the, the protection of the Mother of God was this event. The city was being attacked. The people were praying to the Mother of God in this anxiety 
to be protected. And there was two men. The whole church was praying in this church of Blachernay, which was a neighborhood in Constantinople. The whole church was praying, but there was this man named Andrew. He was a fool for Christ. In other words, he he pretended to be mentally handicapped. He pretended to be crazy for the sake of humility. And so he'd walk around the town, stripping himself, just yelling things. You know, he didn't want any honor. He wanted no praise. He wanted nothing like that. He just wanted to be seen as, as being small and humble. And the way to do that was pretending to be insane. Well, he had this guy that was like almost like a apprentice of his, um, Epif- um, is it Epiphanius? No. Andrew, and yeah, Epiphanius. Epiphanius is his, his companion in a sense, his apprentice, and they were standing in the back of the church praying as well. When you look at this icon, you see the mother of God, which I'll get to in a moment. You see all these very well-dressed people, and then you see these two half-naked guys in the huh. corner, and these are the men that were pretending to be crazy. So Andrew and Epiphanius were in the back of the church. Um, they saw the dome of the church open. They saw the mother of God descend, stand with them, and then receive from God the, in other words, she she didn't like come down as this authority. She came down as a supplicant. She came down not as some savior, but as one who's going to pray with them. Huh. And then in her prayer with the people that Andrew and Epiphanius saw, in the prayer, they understood God to have given her the vocation or the grace of being a protector. And so then she took her cloak and covered the entire city with it. Nobody else saw this, but Andrew and Epiphanius did because of their humility. That's their presumption here, right? Because of their humility, they they saw what was ha- what was in reality, but wasn't obvious to everybody else. She took her cloak, she covered the whole city, and the barbarians were cast away. And the peop- everybody knew that it was the mother of God because they were all praying for her intercession, but those two actually saw it. So then that be- that happened on October 1st in the year 9-11 wow. in Constantinople. So then the people ever since then, the ironic thing is that— there, there's within the Byzantine world. There's there's the Greek and the Russian traditions. Those are the two main traditions within Byzantine the Byzantine world, Catholic and Orthodox. Right. The Greeks they have the feast, but it's not a big feast. Whereas of course yeah. Constantinople is part yeah, of Turkey. But the Slavs, those who are the barbarians, yeah. like the you know the children, grandchildren of the barbarians, they're the ones who love this feast. Absolutely yeah. love it. And so they call upon the Mother of God. In other words, in times of anxiety. To, to use the title Pokro of protection, the, the protector, someone who does that. And so that feast is then, of course, we take feasts and we name churches after the feast. Um, so our parish here in Denver uh, and actually our eparchy, our diocese, is also named the Holy, Holy protection, protection of Mary Eparchy of, in Phoenix. Um, since you don't have two multiple bishops per city, since there's already Roman Catholic bishop in Phoenix, we call our, our we don't say the Eparchy of Phoenix, although we do, but it's really officially called the Eparchy of the Holy Protection of Mary in Phoenix. Okay. Um, so that that idea of protection is a, is something during anxiety we call upon our mother; she becomes the protector, and that's the name of the parish. That's where we come from, and I, it's obviously very fitting with my life as well. Beautiful. Yeah. Is there a devotion like a like, you know, thinking of like the rosary or something like that, that, cause I know like the Jesus prayer, but is there something in particular kind of a popular devotion connected to this feast? Um, there is, and it's, it's kind of tangential, but it's, it's the, the Kothis to the mother of God. Um, when you, when you look at the icon of the feast, you'll actually see Romanus the Melodist in the icon. That's because this feast trumped his. So his feast was on October 1st and then this yeah. one came in and kind of took it over. Okay. So it's a shared feast. So they always put him in the icon. Um, but, but you know, he w- he was a writer of many hymns, whether he wrote the Akathist or not, you know, I don't think anybody's too sure, but I'm sure it's attributed to different people, but the Akathist is a is a a hymn that is sung it's about 20 minutes long half hour long 
to the mother of God using her various titles. And it invents all these beautiful titles, all these beautiful roles for her. It's an amazing, amazing service. Um, but we would, uh, we would pray that on, you would, you would pray that on the feast if you can, or, or any other Marian hymn. There's all kinds of Marian hymns, okay. but the Akathist, the Akathist, the mother of God would probably be the one that would be most, most explicit. To it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. That's a, uh, that's a, um, yeah, I never really thought about the uh, the title of your church. Uh, cool story. Yeah, we just call it Holy Protection. So mm-hmm. I, you, when yeah. you do that, you kind of leave out the name Mother of God, which is, of course, very important. But yeah, it's it's an honor to serve at a parish called Holy Protection Mother of God and to remember, like every time I hear the word protection now, it actually immediately thinks of, I think of the Mother of God. Whenever I need protection, I think of her and I also think of my parishioners and right. pray for them, of course, at that time. I think we need to put this podcast equipment under the Holy Protection oh, of the I Mother know. of God. Yeah, we so do. We've... Uh, Thank you for cutting it short due to uh, more technological difficulties. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is great. And uh, this will be great for your people who listen to this podcast. Yeah, and then post on the website. Yeah. Speaking of the website, just to plug it again, it should be out today, the day that this uh, podcast comes out. So check it out, catholicstuffpodcast.com. Um, and hopefully you can a little more accessible, a little more searchable, a little more friendly for our, our listeners. I hope it's a good resource for you guys. Yeah, like us on Facebook and also... Um, for some reason, the uh, for some reason, <laughs> I've heard other podcasts where they say, "Please give us reviews on iTunes." I don't know what that does. I don't know why that is, but go to iTunes. Also, give us a review for some how it helps our our standing on iTunes, and we do all this for evangelization anyway. So, I think as our as our podcast is higher up in the Christian podcast list, then even non Catholic Christians will find it just because it's pretty popular. And then I think the reviews help that out, and it's good for evangelization. So, Excellent. do that too. Review us on iTunes. Excellent. All right, Father John, this has been great. All right, we don't do this enough. Yeah, Yeah, amen. I got to go to Master AI in like 20 minutes. Okay, (laughs) see you. Thanks again. God bless y'all. Well done. That was cool.